again, everyone. This is Rich Chassie, your host and teacher for Daily in the Word. We're glad that you're here with us today as we are in the middle of John chapter 19. And today we will be reading the crucifixion of Jesus. This is a difficult passage to read from just because of the subject matter and they are crucifying my Lord and it's hard to read. It's hard to comprehend. And yet, here we go. Beginning in 16, the middle of the verse, down through verse 27. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him with two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. The sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. As John gives us the, not the details, he just makes these very simple statements about the crucifixion of Jesus without really giving us much detail. But you have to keep in mind that crucifixions were rather common. Romans put to death thousands upon thousands of people by crucifixion during their reign. And so it wasn't unusual for them as anyone approached going into a city or left a city to see the spectacle that would be crucifixions of criminals, significant criminals. They only crucified those who were seen to be significant insurrectionists and people who were considered revolutionaries, murderers, that kind of thing the people would have been very familiar with crucifixions and how they took place and the familiar sights of it, the looking away, the smell of it, because they would leave the bodies, the dead bodies, on there to rot. Now, John, in verse 17, Jesus carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull outside of the city, These are two fulfillments of two Old Testament types or images of Christ 
Isaac, when he was going to be sacrificed by his father, Abraham, carried his own wood up the mountain to the place where that sacrifice was to be made. And of course, God provided a ram in his place. And then it talks about going outside of the city, that the sacrifice, the Old Testament sacrifice, when the the sin of the nation was placed on the goat, that was to happen outside of the city. And of course, when Jesus went out of the city to be crucified, he himself became sin for us, 1 Corinthians 10, that Jesus uh, didn't just die in some travesty of of misjustice, but that he himself became our sin for us. John details it was the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. In Latin, it's Calvary, where he was crucified. Also, the detail of the two others who were crucified, one on each side of Jesus, that becomes important in our next session when they go to break the bones of the other two criminals on the cross Uh, next to, on either side of Jesus, they break their bones to make their deaths quicker. When they discover that Jesus is already dead, it becomes unnecessary for them to break his bones. Pilate, verse 19, had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. This was, again, not uncommon. But the way that Pilate does this is a way to kind of get back at the religious leaders It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. The sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek, and that was to ensure that all passers-by could read and understand the crimes of the criminals that were hanging there on those crosses. Now, keep in mind that these crosses, for the most part, did not raise up to a height so that a lot of times it's portrayed that you're looking at someone's feet as they're hanging there on the cross. It's more likely that Jesus and these criminals, their crucifixions, their their crosses would have been much lower to the ground so that you could almost look eye to eye with them as they hung there on the cross would have been much more humiliating. People would have been able to throw insults and spit and all of that in the face of those who were being crucified. Probably not much higher than that, maybe a little bit, but still people able to see the person close up as opposed to seeing them much higher as they hung there. Now the chief priests protested to Pilate, Do not write king of the Jews on there, just that he claimed to be king of the Jews. Now, Pilate, who has been given a number of important statements to make, behold the man and what is truth, and here he says, what I have written, I have written. He gets to, in this, what he considers a game, gets to have one final shot at the religious leaders and the hypocrisy that he senses from them. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to do this. I've done enough of your dirty work. And so he just leaves it as it's written. 
And then, verse 23, when the soldiers crucified him, they took his clothes and divided them into four shares, one for each of them, and with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So rather than tearing it, they said, let's cast lots to see who will win it. And again, this is in fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy from Psalm 22, verse 18, where it talks about how the one who was betrayed, the one who would be pierced for the sins of the world, they would divide his clothes among them and cast lots for his garment. The soldiers did exactly that. And then another scene that we get that John tells us that the other Gospels do not. Of course, he was there for this. Near the cross stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, now that's a reference to the Apostle John, the author of this gospel, they're standing there next to each other or nearby each other, as John said, and he says to his mother, woman, here is your son, and the footnote here in the NIV lets us know this is not a term of indifference or distance. It is a term of affection. Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, he said, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took Mary, Jesus's mother, into his home. Jesus's other siblings were not there. They were from the northern territory of Galilee. They would not have been in Jerusalem at this time. They were not believers or followers of Jesus at this time. Certainly, Jesus's mother was, and to watch her son go through this, probably in her heart knowing that this was coming, and yet having to watch it is another thing. And Jesus, in an attempt to make sure that he cares for his mother, makes sure that John, the Apostle John, then is, in a sense, put in her charge or Uh, in charge of making sure that Mary is taken care of. And so we come to the end of the crucifixion scene. We'll see Jesus die uh, as in the next portion of Scripture, and we'll talk about his death and his burial as we conclude chapter 19. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, again, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, in a sense, being spared some of the details Uh, John just says these things so simply and so straightforward. And we know that this is what Jesus did to pay the penalty for our sin. And yet, Lord, when we think about all that went into it and all that Jesus endured, the vast majority of which we could not understand, we might be able to study and understand from a scientific point of view how Jesus died on that cross and what was his cause of death and understand some of the physical beatings that he took. But we could not in any way understand the payment for the penalty of sin. It was so much more beyond just the physical torture that he endured. But the rejection of his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet, Jesus willingly went to this cross, willingly going through the process of 
being rejected by his father because he had become sin for us. Lord, I don't know that I can fully comprehend that, but Lord, I marvel. And in wonder, I give you praise and I thank you. For without what Jesus endured on this day, we would not have the forgiveness of our sins. We would not have the opportunity to be brought into your family, to know that our sins have been paid for, that all of our sin, past, present, and future, was dealt with there at the cross. And Jesus paid that price, and he did it willingly. And Lord, I pray that we would find ourselves worthy in the way that we live our lives. We can never repay what Jesus has done for us, but we can live our lives as a thank you for what you have done for us. Lord, when I stand before you, may you be able to say, well done, good and faithful servant. May I serve you with my life. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you again for listening in today on Daily in the Word. I pray that you are blessed for spending the time every day, these 10 or 15 minutes that we're together, reading, hopefully understanding the text as we make our way through the Gospel of John. And we are getting closer to the end now. I pray that again, God will bless this time in your life, that he'd use it in your life to draw you closer to him, to help you that much more appreciate what you have in your relationship with Jesus Christ when you consider all that he has done for you. So again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next time here on Daily in the Word. Have a great day.